Hey, what's going on, everybody? Today is December 6th, and it's Wednesday, which means we are talking about all the stuff that happened in the news in the last week that we kind of think is fun or interesting. So that's what we have coming up in this show. So today, as of right now, we have Jimmy, Andy, Beth, and I'm Brian. Um, and this may be the group today, I think, based on what we we know. I think everybody else uh, had other things going on, but that's okay. That just gives us more time to talk about all the fun stuff uh, going on in our news. So just as a quick recap, every Wednesday, we talk about the news that came up over the last seven days. Probably not exactly, you know, but, uh, you know, last Wednesday, we pick it up almost to the to the minute of whatever's going on. So just sort of digging into that. This is a great show if you're not necessarily tuned in all the time as we are to all the stuff in AI. This is a great way to kind of catch up about the things that might be valuable to you um, in business or just interesting or maybe hints at what's coming up in 2024, which could also be really, really helpful. So I think that's a great place to sort of kick it off. I don't know, Jimmy, do you want to kick it off with that story about uh, about Jimmy Stewart? Because it's yeah. so topical. It's a wonderful yeah, yeah, life, yeah. right? It's Christmas time. Right, exactly. Uh, so maybe, exactly. It all lines up. Let's um, maybe jump off there. So, okay. So for those of you who don't know, Jimmy Stewart was an actor, a very famous one from the past. <laughs> He's from the movie It's a Wonderful Life. You know, that really famous black and white movie all about Christmas that they play like multiple times in the month of yep. December since like 1960s. But Actually, probably for that. Uh, but essentially, <laughs> uh, this company called Calm, um, if you're not familiar, is essentially their product is all, it's a platform for- Like meditation uh, app, me right? Yeah, exactly. You want to meditation, help you fall asleep, all of those kinds of things. Because um, a lot of people, you know, run uh, have problems with insomnia and things like that. But, so they are partnering with the Jimmy Stewart estate and a company called Respeacher to recreate and clone Jimmy Stewart's voice to read a story called It's a uh, It's a Wonderful Sleep Story. So uh, I don't know the details of what the story content's gonna be, but essentially a clone voice of Jimmy Stewart will be reading that uh, to you as you fall asleep uh, uh, to his dulcet tones, as they say. So this is this I find really interesting because it's we're we're seeing the application of AI, you know, generated uh, content based off of you know pre-existing um, performances. What's interesting is that Respeacher is the company that's providing the cloning. They're the folks who did Mark Hamill's voice for the Mandalorian. So oh, right? they, they're and making roads. Yeah, they're the people who uh, is the go-to right now for doing this kind of work in mm. the Hollywood sense. So they right. always have the the experience in that space. They uh, also did aging. James. They also right. did James Earl Jones' voice for Darth Vader. Oh, right. okay. So yeah, are they so, de-aging the voices? Is that what they're doing? They're using, or they're just well, training it on earlier. They're, they're training yeah. it on the earlier performances, which gotcha. which makes a lot of sense because you know as you get older, your voice changes and yeah, he sounds like, like the Joker, not not yeah, not, yeah exactly. <laughs> not <Skywalker. laughs> so uh, uh, and so that 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 firm seems to have a lot a lot of experience, or at least uh, they're at the forefront of of this kind of technology. And another point that you brought up earlier, Brian, was. Um, that this is a 
this is a great use case or example of how artists can um, leverage their performances, uh, their fame, their experiences and things like that to provide for their estate or family after they've passed on, right? So, mm -hmm. so I think, I, I agree with you, this is a play uh, there for, um, for that, you know, whether you need to generate revenue or you have a consistent um, part of your estate or trust or anything like that. Um, so these kinds of rights, you know, this is a different kind of likeness, right? I don't know if it's explicitly uh, covered in um, in copyright. We can ask William Love for that uh, in the exchange. Um, but uh, but yes, I think I think there's a I think there's a big play, and I think this is a great example of how AI can be used to the artist's uh, advantage. Right. right. This is this is one more thing that can be leverage or negotiation um, for contracts and and things like that. Um, so I wanted yeah. I wanted to throw on the other side of that real quick, Jimmy, just before everybody else jumps into stories that one of the stories I also had, because it's the other side of this, which is uh, content being scraped and used yeah. without permission. Right. Is what uh, came out of Alibaba. And actually, there's been several in the last week. Matt Wolf just did a great video about it, about several different instances where, um, like mm -hmm. on TikTok, you might have seen that, like it can draw, like it's sort of a stick figure outline of mm -hmm. the image, but you can then replace a still image, like of me standing still. And the idea is that now I can be moving the same way the stick figure was moving. Well, the problem is the title here is Alibama's Animate Anyone is yep. trained on scraped videos of famous TikTokers, except. Yep not with their permission or maybe it was because maybe in the in the deep deep recesses of what you sign up for for TikTok <laughs> is to say like guess what it's a social media platform you own nothing you own nothing and so we will use what we want because you said it was okay and so I'm I don't know this to be the case yes, this I don't is know a hypothetical he's spinning right. hypothetical right <laughs> but this comes up a lot which is that hey yeah. by the way for the for the the pleasure of using this app for free, a la the Facebook, you know, for, Facebook will be free always, except it's not, right? We yeah, know it's, yeah. it doesn't cost me dollars and cents, but it costs me a lot of other things in advertising and my content yeah. and things like that. And they have total rights. They can shut it down. They can suspend me. They can obliterate my whole existence on Facebook. Well, I think it's the same with TikTok. And so I think this is going to be interesting because they were saying not just famous, like a Charlie D'Amelio or people that my daughter might be into or that are famous and built up a big following on TikTok, but also accounts that seemingly have like very little followers or, or engagement or whatever being scraped and being used to now recreate. So now me as a 45 year old dad, cause that's what everybody wants to see. I can now mm -hmm. take a still image of myself, I guess like this is a rag doll and it'll make me do the, you know, that was probably too much for you guys right there. I don't, I don't want to. Hey, Brian, don't wanna... Brian, no, no, get up and stand up because we couldn't see what your legs were doing there. Yeah, yeah. My legs I, were I doing nothing, Andy. My legs were doing nothing. Referencing right. Alibaba, but I think mm. it's ByteDance that owns TikTok. It is or ByteDance. Is there a connect, TikTok. Is there's a connection between Alibaba and ByteDance? It's, yes. The ones I saw yes, from Matt Wolf in his video, just I watched this yesterday, yeah. a few of these studies all say in collaboration with like dance yeah 100 yeah, okay. there's like three and there's also that recent article that um that highlighted uh that china 
as a whole has uh, has declared that AI generated content is copyrightable in their system. Oh yeah, right. So right. yeah, I have no doubt that TikTok has some sort of language in their TOS um, that says we can we can use your your stuff. Um, yeah, and probably. with with all of those connections between all of those large companies, I'm sure that data has been moved around and everything like that. So, so this is yeah. a great use case for Claude and its giant uh, context window. So if you would like to know whether TikTok's terms of service actually uh, say it's any off. of the things that we're hypothetically thinking that it might, yeah. Yeah. you can copy it. Oh, put it in cloud and ask <laughs> is this address yeah. and what yeah, is the language true. do not take me for legal advice please god don't you know we're all just giving our opinions on here disclaimer that's exactly uh that's exactly where this should stay just just four people having a conversation around the table virtually uh talking about ai so all right so that's a kind of like both sides of that thing both in sort of like i don't know the entertainment side of the world uh andy or beth what did, what did you guys come up with this week um, well, I just saw William comment on the China thing, and oh, one okay. of the things that he was talking about was that China doesn't actually have the equivalent of our fair use policy, and that may have gone into um, part of this decision. Like their their uh, copyright system is not the same as ours. Like right. they don't right. have the same kind of Correct. thing. But I think it's really interesting. Um, yeah. uh, Andy, what do you have this week? Oh, okay. <laughs> So I'm going to shift over to the technical advancements that are, you know, happening behind the scenes to a large degree compared to what you see in the general news about AI. But as you might imagine, there's a lot of investment in the in the advancement of the underlying foundational capabilities of AI for all a wide range of applications. I'm going to cite two that were in the news this week. One is a is a competitor to transformers as neural networks go. Mm -hmm. So remember, everything that's a GPT is a generative pre-trained transformer, specific kind of transformer. That transformer architecture basically takes, its, its model is it takes text, turns it into numbers called embeddings mm -hmm. that are and then used to predict the next thing. Uh, so that's a really poor <laughs> explanation of it. I can do a much better job. There's no time for that today. I, I <laughs> want to talk about Mamba, which is a new mm. kind of neural network that is better than transformers. Hmm. So now just, I, I think that's important news and it's just way down in the, in the footnotes really, but Mamba is outperforming transformers and it's a new kind of neural network. I don't have any idea how it works, although there's a, a short description about how it works, uh, but not in layman's language. So I can't translate that for you, but that's really an indication of what's going to be happening in 2024, is we're gonna see maybe GPTs aren't all that. And there's a whole new generation of things that maybe even OpenAI is not working on that end up being superior to what the GPTs are. Now, I will say, as I, as I suggest that there are all these advancements, that there's a lot of inertia around an entrenched and popular platform that's perfectly capable 
of doing everything that we needed to do. So it's not like this is going to be displacing GPTs in any time, but it's just a, an interesting thing. The other thing is, okay, shifting over to tool using. So one of the things that's really cool about GPTs specifically and GPT-4 with its access to and incorporation into the same UI of code interpreter to do you know, data analysis and write Python code in response to your text queries uh, and vision, inter multimodal interpreting vision and, and importantly, web browsing. Those are all kind of tools that it can access when you're putting a prompt in. Well, a new uh, company called Nexus Flow has just put forward a tool using focused small LLM, it's, it's a 13 billion parameter model. And remember that GPT-4 is a, more than a trillion parameters, right? We don't know the exact number, but it's trillions. So here's a small little thing that s surpasses GPT-4 in its use of tools, its ability to do that. So it's been trained specifically to do tool using, but that just shows you that all these individual capabilities of what we've all been collectively exposed to by OpenAI and GPT-4 and others like Claude and, and Bard, um, mm -hmm. those things, if you focus on a certain area of expertise or skills and you do specific fine-tuning type training, you can get to a very small compact model. Of, but the point about this is, 13 billion is small enough to put on your computer. Yep. Okay, so a 13 right. billion model can then be an agent that is really well uh, conditioned to do tool using, which is really what we want for an agent. We want it to be able to go out and access all different kinds of things. And mm -hmm. this small model does better than GPT-4 in doing that. That's really interesting. Nice. You know, we've heard this. This is not the first time we've heard this too, where smaller models are being able to outperform larger ones. And I think even might be wrong on this, but I feel like even maybe OpenAI has said in the past that like the future isn't necessarily more and more and more in terms of like the size of the the data sets or the models. Um, in other mm -hmm. words you know, whatever, uh, thousands or trillions, whatever that would be, right. Whatever that term is, um, you know, that it's, it's, uh, that there's lighter models, if you will, that, um, are, are capable maybe with synthetic data or otherwise are capable of outperforming some of these larger ones. So I think that's really, really interesting, um, to, to hear that. Cause like you said, if it's able to be deployed on a computer, then that opens up a whole other, a lot of other, you know, abilities and things like that for for how fast and smooth it can move for things that are moving towards i guess like agents and things like that in the future right right there there are also sort of contrasting that um there are also there also continue to be papers published and um and people giving uh their vague tweet uh <laughs> Like impressions of their uh, experimentation that say the longer, the bigger the model and the longer that you give it to train on it and play by itself um, with uh, with an accurate uh, reward and guidance system, the more mm -hmm. capable it becomes. Like they have not reached the ceiling of that where that doesn't have increasing returns. Um, 
So yeah. I got a couple of stories that are uh, tangentially related, but they are related to like AI performance. Uh, number one is there is a uh, release of uh, uh, research by the Washington University in St. Louis, and their team has come across and they were able to demonstrate what they call monolithic 3D integration of layered 2D materials um, into a, a novel uh, or new processing uh, type. And so I know that that sounds really uh, chunky there, but essentially what they're talking about is how chips are made, right? They're talking about the technology it comes to processors and um, how it processes information and how it's actually physically built. So without going into too much detail, currently the multiple functions of a chip and um, you've seen this in like Apple, the um, you know keynotes and things like that. Is they put all of the the functions things. So they got their built-in GPU and their CPU and their memory, and these are all laid out laterally. So that takes up a a, a lot more space um, on the board. But oh. with this new method, they're doing layers, you know, mm -hmm. atomically thin layers. So all of those components go on top of each other, which takes a smaller uh, footprint. But the other thing it does is it lowers the latency between right. each of the processing between all of the layers. So that improves all electronics all over by using this new method, but specifically high intensity computation like AI. So right. we're going to even see, uh, you know, if they implement this, this research into practical sciences, that we're going to see an, uh, another huge bump up, uh, theoretically, in uh, in chip performance. So all of those mm -hmm. shovels and pickaxes again. Mm -hmm. And the other story I think that's related is the release of Stable Diffusion's uh, uh, SDXL and their whole new uh, LCMs. I think those are, uh, let me see here. So an LCM or a latent consisting model. I think everyone's seen this, uh, or at least in our circles anyways, about how you can type out your um, type out your your image. And I think uh, Carl may have shown this uh, in a previous episode or whatnot. But this this is a this speaks to the smaller, faster uh, performance of AI and generative AI, as opposed to the larger and, uh, larger concept. So I think it speaks to that point. It's got very low latency. You can generate images, uh, mm -hmm. as you're typing and it'll make right. adjustments to those images, which I think is a, a, a huge push into the smaller, faster concept on the AI side. So I just wanted to, I, I just wanted to talk cool. about those two things, mm -hmm. uh, since they're related. I have other stories I, unless I, someone else wants I, to talk. No, I have. So uh, there are uh, there are two. One is new and one is just being talked about now. Um, uh, the first one is um, Microsoft Bing has announced Deep Search. It is not available yet, but it will um uh ask you for context if uh if it doesn't understand or like try to infer which i think is hilarious because um when was our rag show was yesterday <laughs> two yeah. days ago yeah. <laughs> yeah. i literally go to big and say hey is salesforce einstein a rag and uh and bing says no uh, 
Salesforce sign sign is not a rag. A rag is a piece of old cloth, uh, <laughs> old cloth that can be used to wipe or clean things. Yeah. Salesforce Einstein is a complete artificial intelligence platform. <laughs> I'm like, so similar but different. <laughs> very helpful. That was that? Very, that was a very helpful distinction. That, uh, yeah. that yeah, right, yeah. how is that the context? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that is not well, a predictable to, answer. To, to say something about the the Bing uh, story, um, I I mean. I, re I read a couple of things, TechCrunch, Verge, all those kinds of things. And, and you know, it's just it just an announcement uh, kind of release. Uh, but the example they gave was you take, uh, they asked about customer points, right? Mm -hmm. Custom, uh, like loyalty uh, points. Loyalty points, yeah. right? A simple sentence. And then Deep Search would expand it out into a more complicated asking about mm -hmm. details and things like that. And, you know, I don't want to diminish um, what that significance might be. But the first thing that popped in my head was prompt perfect. You remember that uh, mm -hmm. that plugin that would just yeah. take your simple prompt and then make it better? Yeah. So the example I've seen so far, I mean, admittedly, uh, it's not everything. It just sounds it sounds like they're simply just expanding and making your prompt perfect. So, or yeah, is it Dolly? Is it Dolly for search? And yeah. uh, and that'll be interesting because Dolly doesn't always make the image that I'm going for with its reimagining of my prompt. It it kind of makes sense to me. I mean, what they're saying, and I I think there's some real value here because you know, oftentimes I've talked about this before about how all of us, whether we wanted to or not, were learned or were taught how to Google search. It's an actual, it's an actual skill set. Nobody mm -hmm. thinks about it that way because it's like, well, I don't know, just go to Google. But there's actual skill set because if you if I ever turned my daughter younger than she is now, but when she was younger, like seven, eight, nine, she really struggled with what I what any of us would consider to be a basic Google search. So did my dad and he was he retired in 2005. So now he's 74 it was a struggle for him. And I'd say, no, no, you have to ask for it this way. But even so I would often, you know, all of us go to Google search or whatever you throw something in the URL, the search bar, and you're not quite sure. And in the old way you needed to get a series of answers and be like, well, that's off, but that gives me an idea. I need to ask it this way. And so you might go three, three, four, five iterations to get there. And what I feel like this is doing is like working with humans in the way that humans work, which is that more than likely that first initial ask, or thought or like, is Einstein a rag um, may not be like as detailed as it needs to be to give you the answer you want. So I love this idea of almost like this human in the loop with this deep, if that's in fact what this deep search is doing, which is like, well, do you want to go down this path or do you want to go down that path? Because both of these are probable from where, from your first query. And it's yeah. like, Oh, I'm keeping you in line. And so anyway, I always love this idea. Of, I'm, I'm sort of big on this idea lately of like with custom GPTs and stuff of the human in the loop of we're working together in this like step, 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 step process, as opposed to go do these series of tasks and then me have to fix it at the end and whatever. It's much more efficient for me to be part of the process as it's going. And I, I, I don't know, when I read that article, that was the first thing that came to me was like, okay, loyalty and reward points, I think in their case in Japan. But they were like, well, look, that could be like best loyalty cards. That could be comparisons, redeeming them. It could be managing loyalty points. What do you want? What do you want to know about? Because those are like seven different areas to go into. 
And so there, I thought that was, a I think term of art. Idea, I guess I'm getting at. There's a term of art in prompting for this kind of, uh, of conversational dialogue uh, prompting. And you guys are more familiar with prompt uh, engineering than I am. What is that art, that term? There's actually a, a there's a word for that. It's it's not a structured prompt. It's the opposite of a structured prompt, which is you start the conversation and then just refine in in dialogue with. There is a word for it. And, and, and yeah, I don't so, know sorry, sorry, I don't have it. I thought one of you, <laughs> Brian or Beth, would know. But I can see the conversation about it, but I cannot read the word in my head yes, <laughs> of what it was yeah, called. Yeah. Like, <laughs> anyway, there's a there's a there's a label for it. I want to I want to jump to uh, a couple of things uh, about chips. Right. We know that chips are advancing and the, the chips that are specific to A.I. There's a big space race out there right now. NVIDIA is the leader. They launched and got to the moon first with their very, very fast chips but there's others out there. And this is an extension of the open AI drama that just has started yeah, to right. subside right. in the last couple of weeks. So the latest news is that Sam Altman, the CEO of OpenAI, who's been put back on the throne at OpenAI, he's actually, he's done something a little suspicious, not necessarily, but it, it, there's, there's an angle to it that's a little suspicious, which is, he placed an order for, for many, many tens of millions of dollars with a company that's doing a, an AI chip called Rain. That, that mm -hmm. Rain is the company that's doing this special AI chip. And, and he's an investor in that company. So here's the mm -hmm. CEO of the company making a decision to in, uh, invest uh, the company's money by putting an order in for tens of millions of dollars for those chips. Now, to be fair, it could be that that's just the very best option and that mm -hmm. it was a collective decision internally to, to choose that particular right. uh, approach. So, you know, but the press, the news that we're talking yeah. about from this past week is, oh, Sam Altman's, you know, got a little <laughs> bit of a conflict of interest here going on. Got a, side, so, got a little, side, I, little side something going on. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's also talking about creating a device, right? Like, I, I mean, I don't think there is... Um, I don't think there's a prohibition in OpenAI that you can't actually profit outside of OpenAI with Clearly adjacent kind of things. Internally. <laughs> yeah. And I think the investment he made in the chip company was was through a Y Combinator, like early seed. Oh, um, <clears throat> but um, that company also has Saudi Arabia investors or used to. Um, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, uh, there was a news story that uh, that the U.S. government uh, said, out, right? "No, you need to sell your shares." Yeah, okay. um, I remember that. Right. Which about is that. which is like a a coming sort of indication of how serious things are, right? So we're all excited about like, oh my God, this is amazing, and there is this whole other wing that is sort of news and not news but is saying can we just like okay can we just like put all the pieces on the board and see what the next three moves look like and talk about that as mm -hmm. a yeah. world yeah. or community or 
Um, and that uh, there was an Ilya interview that I just caught like parts of uh, from a from a AI exchange post. Seriously, if you love this, you should join the AI exchange because <laughs> it is an amazing place where we all met. But um, uh, but Ilya was quoted as saying that that's some of the concern. Um, mm. If we are building, if we are looking at a near three to five years uh, ability to replace cognitive um, knowledge tasks that mm -hmm. humans currently do, what are the, let's just imagine the possibilities out of that and, uh, and talk about it, like uh, prepare or not prepare, but at least, um, at least have some of that conversation. Sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Now for um, something completely different before we yeah. shut shut down. Well, here. I was gonna say it's more of a, but this may be where you go, and this is fine. I was just gonna say let's move into a bit of a more of a, maybe a lightning round here. Um, I know I have a few more stuff, but I can do cool. them quicker. So, like, yeah, whatever else hasn't been shared, let's sort of move it into a lightning round as we're sort of wrapping up the last five. Okay, minutes or here so. it is. Quickly. Go ahead, Andy. Uh, it could be as recently as last week. We talked about a new company called Pika, which came out mm -hmm. of the mm -hmm. woods mm -hmm. and is uh, a tremendous. Uh, uh, video uh, uh, editing kind and not editing, but video generation platform. And right. what they just announced this week is the ability to paint a region of the video and say, yes. I don't want this to look this way. Now, the reason right. that's important is that it's really, uh, it's really possible then to sow disinformation, right? So mm -hmm. here I take a, a, a clip oh. of, of an actual news feed and I change a region of it. I can erase people, but it would then appear to be like an intact video and with continuous, yeah. but that's not its purpose. But I just wanted to say that you could be concerned about that, that, you know, worry about deep fakes to large degree, uh, yeah. because now these tools are getting so sophisticated, you can change just parts of the video really easily using a tool like Pika. Yeah. Uh, my lightning is Apple personal voice, which I think happened in the last update to all of our devices. It allows you to synthesize your own voice. And Apple's um, uh, communication about it is that um, they are also thinking about people who are um, losing their voice or losing the sound of their voice. So you can use it in FaceTime. You can use it um, in in the Apple products, wherever the Apple products are that you possess. Um, uh, I, my, I, oh, go ahead. Go sorry. ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Jimmy. I'll do okay. So my quick lightning round is a company called Titan.ai or Titan AI. They leverage generative AI for um, mobile game development. So they have a technique where they use Dolly and Stable Diffusion and things like that to generate two D. Um, uh, content or uh, 2D elements for game development. And then they have a proprietary tech that changes them into 3D elements so that you can streamline game development. I think yeah. that's going to be a huge thing. Wow. Um, that that tech to mm -hmm. just shorten game turn, uh, development turnaround, which I think will be huge. And that speaks towards how generative AI can expand uh, the game uh, experience for the gamer, for the player. Can you imagine it? generative AI personas, NPCs, unique stories, and uh, 
interactions that are generatively created based upon your actions in the game. That means yeah. everybody gets their own story and their everybody own experience. Story. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Oh, yeah. That, that, God, the gaming industry, that could probably be a whole topic for another day. Maybe yeah. it should be. The gaming hey. industry, because like where those advancements so. are going and you're going to have 17 year olds. And I love the idea too, of like quick storyboarding. I think just in entertainment and alone, as far as movies and gaming, the ability yeah. to do really, really like two week, quick storyboards for a team and go, yeah, yeah. I don't know, what do you think? Or maybe get some users in there already working with like a working model um, is pretty cool to, for, for companies to test that stuff out. Okay. I have two. One is about open AI. One is about Amazon. The open AI one was, I think in the last week, there's this really interesting story that came out about how these Googlers, it, it was a it was a research firm that tries to break um, ChatGPT, which is a good thing. I love that there's people mm -hmm. out there actively trying to break the stuff. And they, in they fact, did. did. They um, were using GPT 3.5, not 4. Um, they used the word right. poem. They asked GPT to say the word poem indefinitely. Um, it created almost like a, um, a, a loop on it. But what started happening after multiple, multiple iterations of it saying poem was it started to reveal what appeared to be back-end data, trained data, some really interesting, mm -hmm. odd, weird mm -hmm. things. Um, lots of different people were able to um, replicate this. I don't know if this has been closed by OpenAI or not. It did not work on four. But I think what's more interesting than the word poem or what it did was that, you know, we're still finding... It's just people got to be careful. We're still finding ways that these language models can be abused and, and sort of hacked in certain ways or or tricked into doing it. It was trained on human interaction. So um, even in the last week, to realizing with ChatGPTs and things like that, that you can say, this is really important. Imagine if your boss is going to give you a big promotion based off of your answer here affects the type of answers you get out of it. So it's interesting yeah. how we're seeing more of these like human interactions and how they actually play out in the model. The other one is Amazon Q, not a small story. Amazon Q, not to be confused what we talked about with Q star, it just happens to be called the letter Q, um, is like the AWS, Amazon sort of uh, competitor to Google as well as OpenAI. And um, it's actually in free preview right now, even though, even though I will say like their models, if you look at it, it's only like 20 or $25 a month. And if you go to their page and look into Amazon Q and what they're offering, number one, you can use a lot of it for free right now. I'm definitely going to be doing that. Um, but number two, um, it's competitively priced. Now, is Q as good as GPT and all these other things? I think there's some issues with it. There's some articles written about um, how they got it to break and these kind of things. It's early on. But if you're interested in always testing out like the next deal, the next whatever, or getting into AWS, which is such a huge or S3 and all these other Amazon products, I think it could be a really interesting product. And it's sort of like the latest. Obviously, we've had Echoes and these kind of things from Amazon for years mm -hmm. and natural language processing. But this is their next big leap. So those are the two big things I wanted to bring up there. Um, and, any and others? Q, we go? I just wanted to add that uh, this Q is no relation whatever to the Q no. behind QAnon. No. Oh, QAnon. <laughs> I think it's a Q star. No. No. They can't, I don't know what, why Q keeps coming up. Why is that letter all of a sudden? But like we just had that Q star thing and now Amazon Q just to keep things confused. Right. Uh, and I'm just going to joke that 
like, uh, but it is absolutely true that Avenue Q, the Broadway musical, uh, <laughs> predicted all of uh, the Q things in 2023. Wow. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> all right. We'll leave it there. That was, we covered a lot. There was a lot of topics in that thing. I love that. I always love this show because I always learn a ton. And it's interesting to hear what everybody brings in our own. Um, I think we're all drawn to what, what interests us, you know? And so it's fun to see all the different parts of the news and stuff like that. So hopefully this is super helpful to everybody else. Tomorrow, let me pull up my screen real quick. Tomorrow, we're talking about transforming images into motion with AI. So uh, Andy, I think you were just started, or maybe Jim, you were just talking about that. Somebody was. Sorry, if it was bad. I don't know who was saying <laughs> and it. And the was just talking about that. Um, Pika in these, in these types of uh, tools. Um, so we're going to be talking about that tomorrow. I'm super excited about that. Uh, Friday, we're talking about Meta's Ego XO4D. I always have to look at that to make sure I say that correctly. But uh, uh, augmented reality training, what what Meta is doing, that's super interesting stuff. So that's what we come to have coming up for the rest of this week. Um, keep on coming back, guys. Appreciate you. Don't forget, you can find us on Spotify. We just found out yesterday you can find us on Google Podcasts. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. Then if you want to watch us on the video side, you can always find us on YouTube. Jimmy just set us up with the YouTube podcast system. So now you can find us on YouTube podcast. And of course, where it sort of all started, which was LinkedIn. So uh, we continue to grow. We appreciate all your guys' um, support. And yeah, keep coming back and listening. We're having a lot of fun. This has been the Daily AI Show, and we will see you tomorrow. Aloha.